morning, Saints. Morning, Sinners. This morning, um, I have to be honest with you, our, our text is a skosh uncomfortable. Lay it right out. It's a scripture passage, beloved, that pushes, pinches, and, and shows us a side of Jesus that frankly might make us uncomfortable. Yes, it's in the Bible, and yes, um, we have this tendency to scoot over this story because of the picture that Jesus paints. See, today's scripture is tough because it shows us that Jesus, who is at one time fully God, is also fully human being. And had to struggle with the same types of moral dilemmas you and I struggle through and have to grow up in through. Today's text highlights both the humanness of Jesus as well as his divine nature as the Christ of God. But the highlight is on his humanness. Our today's text is in your Bible, chapter 7 of Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 7. We're going to be reading verses 24 to 30. Um, this message today is going to be, prop- it, it, it's a little bit different. It's going to be more of a, of a kind of a biblical study into the look of our knowledge of Jesus. Uh, so turn in your Bible. Um, it's written by Mark, uh, which is presumably the earliest of the Gospels written. It's the foundation gospel, foundational Gospel for both Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. Um, our story today appears in two places in the Bible. Today's scripture in Mark and in Matthew 15. Um, Mark's version of today's story is much more condensed than Matthew's. Uh, although it's no less less controversial. Uh, it has a, Mark's version has a subtle subterranean rebelliousness to it, rebelliousness to it. And our job is to tease it out and acknowledge it and recognize that it's there. If you remember, Jesus has been going round and round with the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, about who's in and who's out. He's been going round and round in arguments and discussions with them about the law, the Torah. He's telling the, the, Jew, the Jewish religious leaders, listen, it would serve them better if they would loosen their grip on their tight rule-based fundamentalism and get out of their own way. Let God work. And if they did that, they would be able to see God's larger purposes for the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus has thrown out the fact that it's not what goes into a person, if you remember last week, that goes, it's not what goes into a person that defiles or makes him or her pure or impure before God. Rather, it's what comes out of our heart, as Thomas Merton, we remember, the point there is the virgin place, the virgin place in our heart, the virgin point where God and humanity kiss It's there that outflows who we are. Well, Mark, uh, he's the storyteller, and the storyteller as such, he has this notion and reputation for rapid scene changes. And so last week, Jesus was with the Pharisees and the scribes 
um, having you know, words with each other. And then all of a sudden, from the Sea of Galilee, uh, Mark takes Jesus some 50, 60 miles northwest to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to an area called Tyre and Sidon. Um, it's where the Gentile people live, specifically the Canaanite people. It's a place that no good Jew would venture to go to because of their antipathy, because of the antipathy between the two cultures. Remember that if you were a Jew in first century Palestine, there were two types of people in the world, Jewish and not Jewish. And then you add to that the subtle flavor of being from this part of Palestine, Tyre and Sidon, that means you were a Canaanite. So with all that in mind, listen to the word of the Lord. Mark 7, beginning with verse 24. So from there he set out and went away northwest to the region of Tyre. Jesus entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Jesus replied to her, Let the children be fed first. For it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But the woman answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then Jesus said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So the woman went home, found the child lying in bed, and the demon was gone. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Now this morning, I want us to look at the story's flow and what it has to say about this person, the man of Jesus. Um, the first thing which it notes as we look at the story is that Jesus takes a trip to the beach. Jesus has had enough of the pressure of doing all the religious and spiritual haggling, so he takes a trip to the beach, but he went to the beach that you're not supposed to go to. He went to that beach. It was not on Waze's most destined or important trip places to go. Um, any Jew of that day would not go where Jesus went, quite frankly. Um, Pastor Gary Charles, he notes that Jesus travels into the unwashed territory that Jewish tradition calls a toxic waste area. Now, and un to understand this, when we hear the word Syrophoenician, that is Mark's politically correct way of saying those Canaanites, those Canaanites. And that's the word Matthew uses. It's much more derogatory. Because Canaanite, if, it, if you remember, who were the Canaanites in the biblical story, in the biblical narrative? Remember who they were? They were the ones that Joshua and the Hebrews conquered and ran out of the Holy Land to take possession of it. They were the opposition. They were the ones who were occupying the Holy Land. 
That's important to remember. They are the unholy ones. They are the defeated ones. And this is where Jesus takes a rest. Now, the second item we note about this scene as the story unpacks is that this Gentile woman dares to breach all social, religious, and cultural protocol. She just barges into the house where Jesus is trying to hide out. Now, never mind, she is a woman. You just don't do that as a woman in first century Palestine. You not only do that, you not only do that as a woman, but you are also a Canaanite woman. One of those women, unclean women. And she, she comes in and confronts Jesus. And Jesus, who's probably just trying to get as far away from Pharisees and scribes and all the stuff that he can to settle in, here this Canaanite comes in. And this woman has the sheer audacity to enter into this Jewish home unwanted, uninvited, and falls at a posture of worship at Jesus' feet. This woman is desperate. Her daughter is ill, as possessed by a demon. And this love for her daughter forces her to do that which is culturally, socially improper. She has to get to Jesus. And so she takes her prayer into this house. Now, according to spiritual law at the time, the Canaanites' presence in that house was bad stuff. She was a woman. She was a Canaanite. She's been around somebody who was, had demons or demon-possessed. So she was ritually all unclean. And she's just kind of walked into it and spiritually dirtied everything up. She's desperate. But she's got nothing to lose except her baby. And she falls in this attitude of worship at Jesus' feet and cries out for help. Now, at this point in the story, we need to kind of zoom up to 40,000 feet and look back down. We need to look back down at this story from a higher view because um, the deal is this. The dirty, the pagan, the defiled Canaanite woman is asking Jesus to do something that is very radical that we miss if we don't pause. This woman is asking Jesus to redraw the boundary lines of who is included in the realm of God's love and who is not. Remember, the Jews displaced her. She was one of them. She was the other. And now the other has come to Jesus and says, I need you to redraw the boundaries. I want to be a part of this. This is more than helping a little girl, beloved. This is, about an, this is about inclusion and exclusion in the kingdom of God. We have to wonder what's going through Jesus' mind at this moment. What's he thinking? In Matthew's gospel, the same story, Jesus, uh, it says, stayed silent. He didn't even answer her at first. Jesus is struggling. 
Jesus answers the woman, but does so in a way that we would not think that sweet Jesus, meek and mild, would answer. He tells her, it is not fair to take the children of God's food, the chosen one of Israel's food, and throw it to you dogs. A derogatory term of the other. The outside ones. His words sting. By calling her a dog, he is reinforcing the social and cultural stereotype of his day with an attitude of us versus them. In other words, he is reminding her that the Jews are the favored ones. You're not. Now, sisters and brothers, this is a wonderful story because it shows us that the man fleshy man, Jesus, is struggling in the midst of his own culture, cultural, social, and spiritual tensions of his day. And in the midst of that, the human Jesus speaks out with an epithet. Now, if you're like me, you get a little startled at this. This isn't the Jesus I know. His words are harsh. They're exclusive. He almost sounds like he's diffident or prejudiced. And it's right here in the story that we are reminded once again that Jesus, the full human being, the man, is wrestling and growing through his own real-life social mores, spiritual mores, cultural mores. He's on a mission from God to the chosen people of Israel. That's without a doubt. His culture has shaped him to think about the people of Israel and those others. And today we're having Jesus wrestle with the moral dilemma of figuring out who does God love and who does God not love. This woman... Knocked Jesus off guard, took him off guard in ways the religious leaders back home never could. She asked him a question that made him grow. Jesus has just talked to the Pharisees about who's in, who's out, what's clean, what's not clean. And so this woman, this unclean woman says, okay, Jesus, here's a living example. Put it into practice. And then Jesus has this unknowing prophet throw the question back in his face. And now Jesus has to respond to this woman as the Pharisees had to respond to Jesus. Jesus is all about restoring. Jesus is all about healing us to God and to one another. Jesus is about inaugurating the kingdom of heaven. He's about confronting evil. And this gentle woman is forcing Jesus to rethink everything about this whole chosen people concept of about who it is God includes and excludes. Who are the chosen people that God embraces and who are those that God does not?
the woman forces Jesus on the spot to redraw the boundaries. It's not just about the nation of Israel, he understands. He sees his purpose as inaugurating something much bigger now. Instituting the kingdom and the realm of God. It's much bigger. It's much more inclusive than just this little slice. Sisters and brothers, we see Jesus growing spiritually right before our eyes. As he is challenged to enlarge his understanding of God's will. Whitworth University professor Dale Bruner uh, remarks that this text teaches us as much about the struggle of Jesus to find the will of God as it does about the struggle of the woman to find help in Jesus. And the two struggles are interrelated, he says. For the woman will not find Jesus' help until Jesus finds the will of God. And it's here in this moment the woman is forcing Jesus to blow up his vision, to think bigger. And finally, we get to the story's denouement, the turning point, the climax, where we see Jesus getting a breakthrough. The woman turns the table on Jesus and says, well, even Dogs eat the crumbs of the children's scraps on the floor. And it's at this moment, you can imagine that imaginary light bulb just goes over the top of his head. He had a eureka moment, an I got it moment, an aha moment. And his understanding of God's will has expanded. Jesus realized God's redemption is not only for the chosen ones of Israel, it is available to the unchosen ones as well. God's mercy is to extend beyond the breach of those who are considered the in-group, the in-group, the included, and are to be shared, is to be shared with the out-group and the excluded. All people, he comes to realize, are deserving God's mercy. Wow. This is radical. Jesus declares this newly emerged and expanding of his understanding of God's will by just addressing the mother very simply. Ma'am, just for saying that, your daughter's well. That's in effect what he says. Ma'am, because of what you just said, your daughter as well. Jesus has just redrawn the boundary lines of who's worthy to be included or excluded. Friends, can you see what this story means? For you, for church. 
The story, first of all, declares the bedrock Presbyterian affirmation that our belief, our salvation, is by faith alone. It's only falling at the feet of God by our faith. God takes what little faith we have with all of our questions, with all of our doubts, with all of our anxieties, and he says, that's terrific, bring it. I can use whatever you have. As brother, sister, because of what you just said, go on home, it's going to be okay. Our reunion to God is not based on our being in the chosen group or in the other group. It's not about do's and don'ts. Our relationship with God, brothers and sisters, has nothing to do with our religious pedigree or lack of one. It has everything to do with the ability of any person to fall at the feet of Christ in an audacious, daring way and say, Lord, have mercy. Isn't it terrific the woman did that? Isn't it terrific that Jesus came to understand the need to redraw the lines of inclusivity? Isn't it so sad so many churches fail to get that? Brothers and sisters, as Jesus had to grow in his understanding of God and God's will in his life, so too do we. Where is it, beloved? Where is it you and I need to grow in our understanding of God and God's will? Who are the ones we are, attempt, we are tempted to exclude based on our preconceived notions of who God loves and who we think deserves God's embrace. The woman's question is a turning point, not only for Jesus, it's a turning point for you and me. May the Holy Spirit haunt us and give us understanding to the answer of those questions. And all of God's people said, Pray with me. Lord God, for that woman's audacity to risk, we give you thanks and praise that she um, encountered you. She raised the bar and she helped you grow. Lord, we, like you, the man need to grow. And we pray that this year you will open our eyes to those places where we are jaundiced or tainted, where we are cocksure and positive that we are right. Lord, that you would take us deeper into the very palace of God in our heart. Amen.